Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MSUM Dragons podcast. I'm John Webby Webking, joined here by our Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance, the Mr. Jason Soblick. Sobs, thanks for joining us today. Webby, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, we're going to talk about rules, and I know that doesn't sound exciting to maybe anybody and everybody out there, but there have been some trending topics when you're talking about NCAA rules and the new thing that came out with name, image, and likeness and the ability for NCAA athletes to benefit from that. And a little bit of backstory, we saw California pass the law that says the student athletes can benefit or profit from that. Uh, we've seen cases in uh, Florida where I, I read that there was a football player who was making money off of his YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And because he was receiving monetization from that YouTube channel as an influencer and creating just funny videos, he had to give up his spot on the football team. Um, this new rule is not so much a fully thought out thing, but what are your first reactions when you saw that the NCAA has agreed to go down this road? You know, I, I think there's, it's good and bad. Um, you know, you, when you're used to the collegiate model where athletes are amateur athletes, um, it benefits the athlete right now where they can go ahead and they can go ahead and make some money off themselves. Um, where it goes, I don't know. And that's where the unknown is right now is we have another year to year and a half for different levels to figure out just what that's going to look like. And if we look way back in time, you know, I'll date myself a little bit, but back in the day of NCAA college basketball on EA Sports, when you're yeah. playing the video games and you had the different names of the athletes, and that's kind of where it all began was the Ed O'Bannon case many, many, many years ago where he sued the NCAA for name and likeness because EA Sports was making a lot of money off of the college athletes, their name, their image when you play these video games. Well, now you can't find EA Sports college basketball anymore and the NFL and the college football games. But this brings this whole back now is, are there going to be royalties to those student athletes for their name, image, and likeness? Um, Division II a couple or a few years back has changed the rule where a Division II student athlete can actually make money for a skill set that's not athletic in nature. So if all of a sudden you have the skill set where you can go ahead and you can make a CD, you can market that CD, brand that CD, and you can put it out there and make money off of your musical talents, but you can't market yourself as Dragon Student Athlete. Right. So you can market yourself as regular Joe who's selling a CD and make the money off it, but now this changes the geek scope where now Dragon Student Athlete X is also a country singer. Right, but this is where I see it becoming more like the student experience. Mm -hmm. A music major can go to perform at Carnegie Hall and get paid to do that performance. But an athlete who might not, I mean, it's not an athlete major. I mean, it's because of what their role is within the university and the NCAA that it's been and has been treated different. This rule could open up the floodgates, could not. Um, the one phrase that we've heard being said after the, the decision was made was following the collegiate model. Uh, what does that mean, and, and where do you think this is going to sway? You know, that's, that's the great question, and that's the unknown right now, is what does the collegiate model mean? And it's kind of like the NFL saying, you're going to make the catch through the process of the catch. Well, what does that mean? No one really knows what that means. Right. And so in this same situation, under the collegiate model, no one knows what that means. 
Um, or what benefit means. Or what or benefits, true. And, and how much. Yeah, you know, the one the one concern you're going to have is, and I'm not sure you're going to see it much at Division II, um, but you could in, in some certain markets, but sure. it's that high-known, high Heisman Trophy candidate, and all of a sudden he's getting paid for public appearances, autograph sessions, all those things on his name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. He's going to go ahead and make a lot of money. At the Division II level, money is much, much tighter. How does that do for athletic departments? When all of a sudden, business X spends $50,000 a year to Dragon Athletics. All of a sudden, now they may cut back on their giving to $40,000 so they can use $10,000 for appearance fees, autograph sessions. If all of a sudden they have a big a big car lot sale, we want to have Athlete X come over there and make an appearance, and we're going to pay them $10,000. Now, all of a sudden, because, hey, John Doe is coming over on this day, come to our car lot and meet him, sign an autograph. Mm-hmm. Now you're using that name, image, likeness where the athlete can now benefit from it. So the high major power fives, uh, they're going to benefit. Um, California right now, if it does stay the way it is, they're going to, they have a recruiting advantage because they're the only state that allows our student athletes per state law mm-hmm. to make that monetary compensation for the name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. So now if you're deciding between going to UCLA or to Auburn to play football, well, I can go to UCLA and they make more money in my pocket than I could at Auburn right. because they have that rule. And the, the when is big in that too because I think the NCAA is set to start in 2021 and they haven't really said what that is yeah. at that point. But the California law doesn't take in place until 2023. So there, there's a timing gap there a little bit to see how all these align. No doubt the California piece kind of pushed the NCAA into this kind of corner of of looking at this process. You've been involved in new rules, and you've been involved in implementing them here. What's it like when a new rule that's kind of, I mean, transfer portal-ish? I mean, there's been some big rules that have changed in in recent years and in, in your time here. How have you seen new rules kind of formulate and kind of find their actual use? You know, and that's where the idea is... On paper, it's a great rule. You know, rule X is a great rule. It's on paper. Once the implementation comes into play, then you really got to wonder, just is that the right rule? We had eligibility changes when they increased the GPA, increased the core course units, um, how many credits you got to get. It takes, it's a learning curve. It takes a few years to adjust to that and to educate the student athlete, educate the community on how that looks. Um, Transfer portal, we've got issues with that. All of a sudden, Division I changed it. Now Division II wants to change and follow the Division I model. I think we're, we're something we, we rushed the gun. Uh, and I think California pushed the envelope, no, no question. Um, they began this process of creating a state law and it forced the NCAA to create this task force. And I, and I commend the task force. There's no, there's no way for them to win. Right. Um, we all knew that once the task force was coming and California passed their law, it was going to happen that the NCAA was going to have to change their model. Uh, and I look at the, the Board of Governors who was on there, and you know Bob Bowlesby was actually one of the people named as the Big 12 Commissioner to serve on this task force to come up with this opening where student athletes can use their name, image, and likeness. Dra- um, Dragon alum, shout out to Mr. Bowlesby. There we go as well. But the one nice thing is each division now gets to make their own rules on how name, image, and likeness will impact Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Mm. So when Division One has their rule, it may not be the same for Division Two, but what's going to work for us? And there's where that phrase of within the collegiate model is going right. to play out. So, um, with all legislation, it has to go through the, a very, a very strict timeline of things. 
Uh, we're getting ready to vote on the January 2020 convention proposals. So this name, image, and likeness is situation is going to come to the docket for January of 21's convention. And more than likely, because of the um, working group's recommendation, it has to be implemented by January 2021. And so it's going to have an immediate effective date once that proposals are voted on at convention in January 21. But what does that Division II rules, gonna, what are they going to look like? And, and where, where, that, where is it going to come from? Is it going to come from Management Council, President's Council? Yeah. Who gets to be in that deciding what that rule is going to look like? And so I'm really looking forward to just to this, how the process is going to play out because it's going to be a game changer. It's going to impact our student athletes on our campus and across Division Two. Yeah, because you brought up a good point of the difference between Division One, and obviously we can see how shoe deals, endorsements, and, and things like that in the Division One model when you have a Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. I mean, great example there of someone who you know could have sponsored Nike shoes after the whole blowout situation. I mean, th things like that. And I think a lot of sponsors from the sponsorship side of things and the marketing side of things that I deal with, I would say they would jump in right away once this becomes available to start making the headlines of, oh, this person signed with this and here's the new rule taking action. And here and there to kind of add value to my investment because the media is going to pick up on the first few instances of this. And so you're going to see if, if this happens in a monetary way, high kind of investment to start, but it's just like any market in a new product. It's going to kind of balance itself out, in my opinion. It'll start going um, a little bit more even keel, and you'll have certain situations where Zion might do some things or, a, you know, who knows? Who knows who's next during this time period? Um, but I thought you brought up a good point of of recruiting, and when we think about maybe the Division One situations with, you know, Alabama obviously has a recruiting advantage without this rule whatsoever. Um, how could this maybe make it better for them and worse for everybody else? You know, and it just comes down to who has the most opportunities where right. large market, small market. I mean, I'm trying to build my brand as an athlete yeah. now. I'm, I'm more cognizant of that now because of the rule and because I, I can profit from it. So now I want to go somewhere that helps me open my brand up to more a broader audience it really it really will and that's where it's that large you know you talk in baseball large market small market well now it becomes you know big campus small campus and what what outside of the campus environment can i take advantage of you know if i go out to la and now all of a sudden there's more opportunities for me than it would be if i went to evansville indiana right and so it really comes down to what what else what are you going to offer me you can offer yeah. me a scholarship you're not for me the cost of attendance but now you have part three, what things can I go ahead and make money on the side to help me out? Yeah, it could fundamentally change the, when a student athlete walks into that room and is being recruited, they have kind of a wish list of things that they're looking for. And it, it could fundamentally change that for five-star athletes across all sports. And I also th heard uh, a conversation about how women could benefit from this, especially because of the lack of opportunities at professional and uh, semi-professional ranks that in the college level, this is going to be the highest level and most attention they're going to get. And so this might be a beneficial thing for, for female athletes uh, to be able to profit at the highest level of, of their sport. You know, and I thought it could be the opposite. It could it hurt women because could too. Um, when you look at who runs the market, it's going to be men's college basketball, men's football. Right. You know, I think the Olympic sports potentially could be so because 
there's only so many dollars that can go around in, in the advertising world, in the marketing world. So where am I going to focus my money at? But then again, um, women could benefit from it um, as, as well. It really comes down to how do we want to target our audience? What, what sells in advertising? You know, so all of a sudden now we can look at that piece and then we can go get uh, a Jenny Finch um, from back in the day when she was a, a star pitcher right. um, and using her to market, promote um, public appearance types of things. So uh, it really, it's, it's so brand new. The, the uh, NCAA came out on October 29th with their decision to open this up. So we're within just a week of this decision. It is by far a hot topic. The NCAA in the last year and a half is getting drilled with the college basketball FBI scandals with um, buying players. Right. The name, image, and likeness. So there are um, so many things that, that the NCAA is just having to fend off right now. So yeah. um, you know, kudos to them. They're doing a great job of, of trying to keep everything equitable and fair. And that's one of the things that this new name, image, and likeness proposal has to be is how do we keep it as fair as possible so that we don't have recruiting advantages, um, we don't have gender advantages between a male and a female athlete or, or vice versa, or right. even a sport advantage. Can a softball player benefit the same as a football player can? So and I think that's where that terminology of the collegiate model, because we don't want to have a certain gender, a certain sport, or a certain school benefit more from this than anybody else. Um, in the day, we're still competing for collegiate national championships, and we are still amateur athletes. We're not pros. Right. We're not, you know, we shouldn't be signing Nike deals. Um, we should be still trying to get an education, represent our university, and you know, have fun being a college kid. Right, and, and the amateurism is so core to, especially Division Two, Division Three, and the worlds that we live in. Um, this rule is going to change some things. It's going to shake things up. And I know, like you said, a week out, this is early on. It's a hot topic, but I want to end with, you know, how do you think this is going to impact the athletes here at MSUM, if at all? It will be minimal, but I do think that there will be people who want to take advantage. Um, you know, we have three colleges in town: right. uh, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. We're all trying to, um, as a business person, trying to create profit. And is there an athlete in town that we can go ahead and utilize for an appearance and have and pay a, a, a minimal fee? I mean, it's going to be, you know, very very little. But at the end of the day athletes will have that opportunity if they so desire to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, it may open up things where, where we don't even know. Uh, so it's very unknown. I look forward to seeing how this is going to work. Um, I'm also fearful of, of the monitoring piece. Uh, yeah. How does that impact my job right. of monitoring to make sure that I'm aware of and in the loop of what our athletes are doing because we still got to monitor things. Yes. Um, and is that going to be a compliance nightmare or not? But I look forward to just watching this process play out. Uh, definitely more to come uh, as things start to shake out. And I, I think Division One will set the table and then everything else will fall into place as we get move closer and closer to January of 2021. Oh, fantastic. And maybe, you know, we got a new video game to play. You never know. <laughs> that would be great. Thank you, Jason, for joining us today on the MSUM Dragons podcast. And thank you all for listening. And of course, go Dragons. <laughs>